Moscow's only English speaking hit music station. Capital FM. News. News. Moscow Mayor Sergei Sabanyan has promised a reward of 4 million rubles. That's roughly $69,000 to every Moscovite who brings back a gold medal from the Olympics. Almost 170 An eight-meter-tall Lady Maslin's effigy will be burned down in the capital's Gorky Park on Sunday. The traditional bonfire will symbolize a farewell to winter and mark the end of a week of festivities. This week will also be the last for Orthodox Russians before Lent. Moscow Zoo has announced it will buy 4,000 species of butterflies' eggs. All the butterflies will be placed in a tropical indoor pavilion where visitors will be able to walk with some of the world's most beautiful butterflies. It will give visitors the chance to see them close up and explore every stage of their life cycle. Russia's oldest polar bear has died at the age of 38. A zoo in Perm has announced polar bear Armadirma was captured in the Nyamalinetsk autonomous region in 1989 and her carers estimate she was born in 1980. According to the NGO Polar Bears International, the average age for bears in captivity is around 30. This is significantly higher than their average lifespan in the wild, which is around 15 to 18 years. The oldest polar bear in history, Debbie, died in a Canadian zoo at the age of 42 in 2008 and some people are addicted to dating and never settling down and now scientists say they know why the thrill of a first date may induce just as much adrenaline as jumping out of a plane new research has found the study found that the average heart rate of a person doing indoor skydiving was 111 beats per minute very close to that of a person during a blind date 106 beats per minute Six points out of possible ten on the Moscow roads this hour. Driving time to and from Vnukova Airport is about one hour and twenty minutes both ways. Fifty minutes to Remitiva, about the same to the city. Over and out to the Maidiadova, one hour and twenty-five minutes from the airport to the city centre. Weather. Two degrees Celsius in Berlin, one in Oslo, five in New York. It's cloudy here in Moscow and chilly, minus six degrees Celsius. So wrap up warm. That's it from me, Yule Bokova. Do stay tuned for more. Capital FM, Moscow. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Good evening, sports fans listening out there. I'm Alan Moore, and beside me is the wonderful... Ekaterina Bichkova. Yeah, and you're listening to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. Julie, before you go, we have one quick question. Uh, it's four million rubles that... Uh, That's right. ...that Mr. Sobyanin 
Yeah. What do you reckon? Is that is that fair to offer like a, a you know an athlete who wins a gold medal like for sliding down a uh, an icy slope, four million rubles? Yeah. Is that fair? Uh, it's a it's a good sum of money. Um, well, uh, let's see. A fourth of one hundred sixty nine Russian athletes competing in the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang are from Moscow. That's according Ooh. to the capital's mayor. Okay. So if the estimates are right, about forty two people should be from Moscow, and therefore are eligible for the $40,000 pledged by the mayor, right? So yeah. another question is how many of them stand the chance of winning the gold to get the money? No gold medals have been won so far, but we shall see, shall we? Okay, well, that's okay. So basically, for me, I wouldn't mind that, but I'd rather them well, exactly. give it to, to kids' sport. But <laughs> no still, one would. <laughs> four million. Julia, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, well, we'll see who wins. We'll see who wins. We're going to keep an eye on that here on Capital Sports. Julia, thank you very much. We'll see you at the top thank of the you. next hour. Thank you. So, folks, there's myself and Katarina. We're back in for yet another week's action. And, uh, yeah, so we're in the studios of Capital FM. So how are you doing today, Katarina? Well, I'm perfect. You? I'm all right. I want, I'm going to, I'm, we're okay. going to talk about football in a couple of minutes. We're going to introduce our show as well. And uh, very importantly as well, I want to ask you, did you watch the Fed Cup of the weekend? Nah, can I be honest in this program? I thought you're always honest with me. Honestly, yeah, I I mean, we, we built our relationship not, on but, honesty, but and now you're going to lie to me? <laughs> not on air. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't watch, well, I followed the results, but I didn't watch. Let's okay, say all right. Well, I, yeah, okay. Well, I, I made a misfortune. I, I unfortunately watched it, and uh, I did think that Russia had a chance. Like, I mean, I did think they well, had a chance. Because yeah, they, they did, but we have a very young team. Come on, let, yeah. let's also be honest. They were honest. kids. It was a good try for the yeah. first time, and like actually girls, they, they played good matches. They did like, well. Three sets, and it was like quite okay. Uh, for, like, I, I could say it was perfect for the first time. That's true. Good That's try, true. but, but, but well, we have very tough, uh, well, very tough match against Latvia. To stay in the second exactly, league. Exactly, because they're yeah, very, very like Sevastova. We, we really need oh, someone very, very from the top six. Yeah, certainly. Like, from Russian top six, come in and, yeah. And um, that, that was the Fed Cup, of course, which is uh, the uh, the big women's uh, team tennis tournament uh, inter-countries. Russia lost this weekend 4-1. Okay, we'll, we'll park that there and we'll go on. Um, so, yeah, so we are capital so, sports. Yeah, and now, Alan, we have some special guests today, so no more in your end, do. <laughs> in my yeah, end, though. Yes, your this is back favorite to, uh, one. This is back to from the last, Ollie. From the, you you you, yeah. you didn't hear this last week. She and was talking week. about like we were talking about like um, the Premier like League. Always. Like we always, talk, as always, as always, we're talking about like it was. I said it was like tight at the bottom. She turned around and says, "Okay, I'll tell us about your tight Ooh. bottom." And you turned red as always. So I died. Just, You've gone red. Why even are you just not turning my... now? Oh, oh you started red. turning red. I'm red. <laughs> I'm, red. <laughs> I'm very red. Everything's, like, Everything's what, okay. What's happening? <laughs> You've changed. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I have to put up with, listeners. Okay, so moving on. We have, as my wonderful partner says, some very, very special guests coming in. We have Konstantin Nikiforov and Gav Mulish uh, from the Moscow Dragons Rugby Club. They're going to give us their take on the first two rounds of the Six Nations and on rugby here in Russia and, of course, in Moscow. And uh, we'll have a shout out. Um, all the way out to Siberia to two men to Andrew Flint who is of course the senior writer with these football times and of course as always we'll have the best news views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sport but we're going to talk about England right now yes the English Premier League Arsenal was terrible in the North London Derby in possibly the worst advert. Or most accurate advert, really? Maybe. But it was the worst advert for the English Premier League. Over 83,000 fans and no passion at all. Yeah, it was very, very strange, actually. Yeah, I, was, I watched that match, of course, like to, to cover it for, for one of the newspapers. And, uh, you know, Spurs at Wembley just doesn't work. Wembley's a huge, big stadium. It's a big bowl of a stadium. It doesn't work. Old so one? It, 
No, it's it, they have revamped it. I mean, but it's kind of like Spartak playing at Luzhniki in front of 20,000 fans. There's more energy there than it would be at 83,000 fans at North London Derby. Everyone's busy, like, taking their selfies and, like, kind of waving at the cameras a whole lot. There was no... I don't know, it was really... Yeah, I know what you're talking about, like atmospheric. Yeah, it just wasn't there, it wasn't there at all, you know. So, you know, Arsenal, they were beaten 1-0. Harry Kane, well, he did it down. Of course, he scored again last night, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but it was absolute, not a rubbish, like, terrible. And, you know, I'm not going to say, like, we were always talking about Arsenal, Wenger, should he stay or go? And Pochettino and the whole lot, the Spurs coach. Players weren't even there, but just, you know, it was the fans. The fans were just terrible. And as I said, more interesting selfies than actually watching the match. You're getting old. I am probably. already old. Yeah, especially I feel it on Valentine's Day when uh, Ollie was starting to, you know, talk to me about like my first kiss and so on. I was like, don't know. I forget <laughs> that I ever have a first kiss. It happened so long ago. But okay, elsewhere, West Ham got back on track in the Premier League with a two-nil win over Watford. And Man City they got over their stumble by hammering Leicester City five-one. Of course, they kept that up last night, beating Bal four-nil in the Champions League. Sunday, Liverpool they turned in a solid performance against their basically their farm team or their second team in Southampton. They won two-nil away down at the Old Dell. Uh, up at St James's Park, Newcastle they downed Man United to hand Man City the title. Oh, it's done. It is, I think so. I, I think it's done, does it? Uh, we'll ask Andrew Flint about that now, but there is no way back for United. And listen, they couldn't afford to slip up when everything was going on. I do think they're done. They, you know, they weren't poor, but they you know, just weren't there. Um, anyway, on Monday, Chelsea, they put West Brom to the sword. They won 3-0, giving Antonio Conte another chance, another week to get oh, his revenge on uh, Jose Mourinho. We were speaking about uh, that a couple of weeks ago. Okay, what all it means is that on Sunday, Chelsea go to Old Trafford to face Menu in 5pm kickoff. United need to win this or else the title is going to the blue side of the city because I think United still have a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's about as much a chance of like Steffi Graf like you know, <laughs> Dumpin' Andre Agassi and coming to ask me for a date on Valentine's Day. No, no chance. Um, anyway, United do have a little bit of a chance. They're only 16 points behind. Um... And, you know, Liverpool, they're playing West Ham in Anfield on Saturday and they're 18 points back from City. Chelsea, they're fourth another point behind Liverpool. Spurs are fifth and they're, you know, a point further back as well. So I'm basically, talking about these clubs now, actually. I know, you're getting to know them. You're <laughs> starting to like know them. Like, Ollie's memorising stuff. Her short-term memory is so good, she'll remember all those teams until tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, so you go to sleep and forget everything. You're like that yeah, kind of morning. like... It's such I'm a like small a amount of like wake up. <laughs> 50, remember, remember 50 first dates? The girl, oh, yes. which you went to that's sleep? That's me. That's basically me. Your brain resets overnight <laughs> yeah. and wakes up going like, oh, great, it's like the 14th of February again. <laughs> what, a wonderful, it, what a wonderful life. And yeah. your husband's like, no, no more chocolates, no more flowers. <laughs> God damn it, I'm bankrupt. Anyway, getting back on track. So, uh, Burnley, they're, uh, they're nine points back in seventh. Of course, Arsenal are sixth and Leicester are a further point back in eighth. Oh, what does this mean for Europe? I mean, who qualifies for what? Who qualifies for what? Well, normally the, the top four go straight into the Champions League. League. Um, I mean, direct. Yeah, yeah. Well, not directly to the group stage. Three go in and one has to play off to get in. Uh, fifth to seventh, they go into Europa League. The FA Cup winners and the EFL or League Cup winners, they also go into Europe, into the Europa League. Oh, technically, that's what, nine teams? But Normally, I don't know, so nine teams. Or nine maybe, teams like, as a tennis player, always, uh, I, I cannot understand this amount, like nine, seven or something. This, uh, it, it, I know, it's, it is strange, but you see, then there's like, it'll balance out with all the other countries coming into it as well. So there's an allocation for every country. So it, it, it works out, you know. And, uh, well, well, obviously. <laughs> it does, it does. Even for Russia, even for Russian teams. Okay, from Russia, how many teams qualify? Uh, five. Five. Two for the Champions League. One directed to the groups, one has to play off. 
uh, three for the Europa League. And speaking of the Europa League, last night, Siska, they got a good score to throw away to Restal Belgrade in a fairly cold Belgrade. Uh, and it leaves them very, very well set for the return leg in Moscow next week. Tomorrow, Spartak are home to Athletic Bilbao. Zenit are away to Celtic and Loco are in the south of France to face Nice, which leads us to go big prize giveaway. Yeah, before we go to our call with uh, Andrew Flint, who's waiting patiently for us out in the icy wastes of <laughs> Siberia. Um, okay, so we have two, two luxury tickets to give away for next week's sec- second leg, the return leg, the home leg, at the Erzade Arena, courtesy of Lokomotiv and your very own Capital FM. So you and a friend, a husband, a wife, an enemy, if you're a Spartak fan, <laughs> you never know, whoever you want, you can be our guests and join the Capital Stadium Sports Show. So we're working the game. Yes, Woo-hoo. we are, my dear. Nice to know. Life on air, finally. Well, you say happy Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. So there you go. See? Hey, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Let's <laughs> work there next go. week. You see, Ollie? I'm making sure that she stays Let's on the right track. Let's work extra hours. <laughs> yeah, other, other ladies Stay get happy. chocolates and flowers, <laughs> and I present you with a surprise work assignment. So, okay, so anyway, to win this pair of tickets and to enjoy the game in a luxury, luxury, this is really, lu- it's really luxury, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's Ollie, like, it's luxury? It is very luxury. It's top class. It is top class. Um, so to enjoy with us uh, next Thursday, kick off, of course, at 7 o'clock. And you'll meet the stars of Russian football and showbiz. And, of course, you're Katarina Pishkova. Uh, you have to answer this very simple question. If you were in the stadium, in a stadium, but in the stadium, the home stadium, and you're watching the Gunners play the Hammers, in what city would you be? Is it A, Dublin, B, Athens, or C, in London? Get texting in, messaging in on plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three on Viber as well, and uh, yeah, okay, we'll while, let you know. well, yeah. While our listeners are trying to get the answer, like yeah. on European football, last night Juventus drew two all at home with Spurs. Man City won four zero away to Basel. Uh, the Spurs game was interesting. They yeah. came back from what two. Two goals behind? Yeah, that's right. Yes. They were two down very, very early on. And uh, Harry Kane, he scored his ninth Champions League goal in as many games. Um, and he equaled Stephen Gerrard's record as the most goals scored by an Englishman in Europe in a single Champions League season. And uh, yeah, Spurs are really, really looking good for the second leg. But however, tonight we have the Clash of the Titans at 10.45 kickoff. That's Real Madrid. And they are hosting PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. Um, Liverpool, at the same time, they're down in Portugal to play Porto. Now, in Madrid, you've got a club who had to be bailed out by the local <laughs> government. Like, they actually sold their training ground to the government and it's the, training gra- the training ground was then given back to Real Madrid so they could pay their debts. It was terrible. Um, and Nik- Too complicated. <clears throat> exactly. And Nikita <laughs> Osokin told us last week that PSG, they're going to be thrown out of Europe next year if they don't sell players. So that's one thing. So you got to love soccer and I'm waiting for next Tuesday. Okay, this Champions League again or financial <laughs> scandal? Bit of both. Chelsea <laughs> playing... Barcelona. Now, Conte, he might be unemployed. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, this is a match that could turn nasty pretty quickly. And we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, so to check about this and more, we're going to the phones now to our man in Siberia, a man in exile and senior writer for these football times, Andrew Flint. Welcome, Andrew. Hello, hello, yeah, guys. Good evening. Hello. Andrew, finally, we're, we're getting you back on because I, I, I feared we'd lost you to a grizzly bear or a polar bear or something out there. Uh, yeah, because we, yeah, we lost you. <laughs> yeah, I, if, if you didn't shave for a couple of days, I think like they would have mistaken you for a long-lost cub, you know? <laughs> well, I, I already look like a bit of a long-lost bear with my beard at the moment, but um, I, I, it keeps me warm in my beard. Yeah, exactly. Because we're so cold. Oh, that's out what here. we thought. <laughs> exactly. So, first question. <laughs> Let's start with the English Premier League. Big showdown this weekend. Who are you looking to come out on top between Mourinho and Conte? Well, 
I mean, I, I have my misgivings about Jose Mourinho, but one thing I do like about him is he clearly has the, the upper hand in the old mind games, and uh, Manchester United managers of, of recent years have had mixed fortunes of those. Um, but to be quite honest with you, I can't quite understand why Conte is having so many problems. I mean, clearly he's not backed by Chelsea's board in the way he wants. And the fact he came out publicly and said that I thought was strange. But... Um, to be honest, there's just um, there's so much needle in this game, personal attacks between Conte and Mourinho. I think I think Mourinho can is the only winner in this game. Um, I mean, I'm 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 slightly biased, possibly being a Manchester United <laughs> fan. Ex- extra um, derby, derby, like yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do not like each other. And of course, no, no. Of course, Andrew, he's a realist, but he's a Manchester United fan. But he's more of a realist. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that exactly. Listen, Andrew. Um, question uh, on Russian clubs. So they're back in competition. Last night, Siska got off mark. You know, good draw away from home in a you know tough enough venue. Mm. We've got Zenit uh, in Glasgow, Loco in Nice, and Spartak hosting Bilbao. So. Of those four teams, who do you reckon is going to come through? Uh, because you're very, very good at getting this. So who do you reckon is going to make it through? <laughs> well, I did call the draw last night between um, uh, Tiska Moscow and um, uh, Red Star. So I think uh, after that performance, I was very impressed actually with um, with CSK because I thought they, they didn't get tired towards the end of the game like you know most Russian clubs tend to um, first game back. But I think they will go through um, at home. I wasn't impressed with Red Star at all. I really thought they were quite quite ordinary, really, to be honest. Um, so I'm definitely backing them to go through. Uh, to be honest, of the other Russian teams, I'm probably most concerned about Spartak Moscow. Um, I just Athletic Bilbao, they're a, they're a good side, but they are struggling at the moment this season in Spain. So, you know, who knows? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Yusuf Hani. I don't yeah. know a lot about him, but he's meant to be a very exciting, creative player. So he's in their, he's in their squad. So we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, we, we, we watched, of course, Spartak and Liverpool later on in the season, Andrew. We were sitting together watching it. I mean, I mm. think we did a great commentary job on it. But um, like, th- like think, <laughs> thinking about it, I mean, I agree. Just Spartak are one of the, the weak ones. Listen, Katrina has one more question before uh, yeah, you get off into I, the Siberian night. I know you're a small fan, and last week Alan poo pooed it well, yet again. His I chances. Him, yes. yes. <laughs> of yes, staring at a big club in England will he go this summer and where who, where could he end up well I think this is his last chance to go um, and I think that's the, I think the only reason he didn't go in the winter was because he's waiting for one last opportunity of a, of a bid from a bigger club I think he will go um, and secretly I'm hoping ambitiously hoping that um, Borussia Dortmund will come in for him when Michi Batshuayi goes back to Chelsea finishing his loan um, I think it would make a lot of sense um, yeah. because he won't be expensive. He's versatile. He he's he knows Yarmolenko. He speaks English fluently. I don't know what his German's like, but I think um, honestly, I think it makes a lot of sense because it's a low risk option. It may not be first choice for a lot of clubs, but it's low risk. And and I, I think this is his last chance, really. Um, yeah. The platform of the World Cup on form. So, I, I go I think, to you, yeah. Andrew. Yeah, I go to you. Listen, Andrew, th- I, I, you're, you're, I think you're spot on that. I think that's going to happen. Listen, thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you, Have Andrew. a great evening, and I will talk to you very soon, dude. Cheers, guys. That was Andrew Flint, senior writer with these football times. So we're going to go out to a song and out to a break. So remember that uh, quiz question. We're going to repeat it after the break. But first, this song, it's very, very fitting that we have it on because it's 20 years ago since the World Cup in France. And as our starter song tonight, well... 
you know this song. You've heard it over and over again. It's whether it's on a video game from FIFA 98, whether it's at a football match, you've seen the video clip for sure. So as we count the seconds until the biggest, biggest ever sports event in history kicks off in our city, let's bring a, a bit of sunshine to this cold Moscow evening. This is Carnival de Paris and Dario G. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Moore. We are back and I have survived that uh, break before getting, well, not getting broken up by Ollie or you, Catherine, or our <laughs> oh, guests. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what I wanted to say. Your first. This, is, this is called workplace bullying, ladies, you know, it's like... Alan, you know, you're the bully in here. You're the, one, the you're the one who makes cause you work on Valentine's Day. That's why it was never a successful day for you, okay? <laughs> you can't just make people yes, it's high five. Five. <laughs> Do you mean so I should take her somewhere nice for dinner? Yeah, why not? That's what people do. That, nice <laughs> things for each other. There's nasty walking in behind. <laughs> Nikki stays walking. Flowers. Damn. She's see, she's probably well, she's okay, probably okay, got a date, okay, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, right, so let's something. keep going. <laughs> okay, so our quiz question again. So if you're in the stadium watching the Gunners play the Hammers, at home, of course, in what city would you be? Is it A, Dublin, B, Athens, or C, in London? Plus 795 We have some answers in already. So Yeah, and don't forget the Olympics, Korea. I'm... Athletes formerly known as Russians. Exactly. This is this this is a disaster. I know, it's insane. I, 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 yeah. OR, OR. Okay, proceed. Tell us about yeah. that. How, how are we doing? How is Russia doing in the medal count? Yeah, we have five medals. I think it's not that bad, by the way. <laughs> oh, it's Four bronzes start. and one silver, yeah. Well, we, I think we have to expect more in figure skating and actually, like, good bronze. Yeah. Like two of them. Like this um, short track and uh, what we have. And this sk- uh, ski race. Men and women, by the way, oh, it was yeah, really per- it was yeah, it was perfect result. Especially uh, no, it was unexpected. Like when uh, you uh, won the like bronze. Yeah. Well, I, I know, and uh, Russia lost in ice hockey today. Yeah, Russia. I think they were, they were losing three two when I came in. They were two nil up. Then they went back two two. I know James Ellingworth was reporting on it for AP from um, South Korea. They're formally known as Russians. Formally known as Russians. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a mess. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell okay. you this, but let's yeah. okay. Let's just move on from that very, very quickly before we start getting <laughs> into an argument. Um, in the Six Nations in rugby, of course, the only real surprise was Scotland fighting back this last weekend against France and putting themselves in with a chance to win the championship should they beat England or Ireland. Now, Ireland, they walloped Italy, though the Italians were, you know, they weren't that bad and they, they did their best. And as Kate Hendrick reported from Dublin, Ireland's win came at a loss, well, injuries that is. Rob Henshaw, he is out for the tournament and that's not great news for Ireland. Um, England, they had a tight win, very, very tight win over Wales. And in fairness, they, they were the best team overall but there was a disallowed try which should have been a try but the, the video referee said it wasn't a try and uh, yeah so it, it wasn't great so as it stands Ireland they are top of the table with England Wales and Scotland with a win apiece they are just behind and the two Latin nations are bringing up the rear our guests yes yes moving yes, on to our guests so, okay. our guests we have yes and Ollie guests. has been practicing for this all week so <laughs> we all know it's true it is true Ollie am I right let me bring out my knowledge, yes. Bring out your knowledge. Get them out there. So, we all know that rugby has a very, very long history in Russia. And the nation qualified for the 2011 World Cup Finals in New Zealand. They played against Ireland as well in, in those World Cup Finals. And, you know, they did you know, pretty well overall. They got a bonus point and they were in a very, very tough group. But that is only just one part of Russia in rugby. And um, the main part of it is played by amateurs. I mean, I played down in Voronezh and so on. So, it's like... Uh, but the one great thing is that most of the clubs, even the amateur clubs, are run better 
you know, they would put professional yeah, clubs to shame. That's what I actually don't understand, but I will understand. I yeah, we'll, we'll get this explained to us by our guests. Um, and I mean, football really t- needs to take a leaf out of the, the rugby book. So, here to discuss six, nation, six Nations and all things rugby with us are the President and Vice President of the Moscow Dragons Rugby Club. And, uh, yeah, so I'm very, we're very, very pleased to welcome uh, Konstantin Nikiforov and Gavin Melowish. How are you guys? Hello. So, thank Great. you very much for joining us. Um, so, okay, you Catherine, she's bagged the first question. Oh, straight down to business. Yeah. <laughs> the Rugby World Cup, when will it be held here in Russia? Constantine. When will the Rugby... Oh, sorry, yeah. I've cut in on, on Kostya here. Yeah. When will the Rugby World Cup be, be held here in Russia? Well, Russia have only qualified for one Rugby World Cup so far. And by the way, Alan, they actually won a game in that World Cup. Don't forget... They? They, yes, they unexpectedly beat the USA uh, when, they, when they qualified for the World Cup in, in New Zealand. So, you know, they've got a pretty decent history in the World Cup so far, but they've only qualified for one. So I think they need to start qualifying slightly more regularly. I personally think it would be fantastic if uh, they were to, to have a, a Rugby World Cup here. I think there'll be a a lot of uh, appetite for it. Uh, rugby is growing, as Costi will be telling you a bit later in rugby. I think that there would be that uh, it would excite the fans, and it would be a really good way to get momentum behind the growth of of this great sport in Russia. Okay, Gavin. Another question to you. You're vice president of the club, and you have a long international experience in rugby, playing for clubs in six countries. Where is the standard of rugby at? Yeah, here in Russia. Where Where do you reckon? Where would you place us? Well, first of all, Katya, thank you very much for that flattering <laughs> introduction. When, I, when, when you say I've got a long international experience, the listeners read. will be thinking that I've played for a lot of international teams. Absolutely did. not. Absolutely not. I've played for a lot of uh, you know teams ranging from, from good to pretty me- mediocre in a range of countries. But I would definitely yeah, say what... of the countries I've played in, <laughs> Russia has a fantastic standard of rugby. I mean, I only uh, chug onto the field occasionally and waddle around pretending to play rugby. But the standard of our, uh, standard <laughs> of our first team when they're playing in championship games I would say was very good for uh, in, for uh, amateur rugby uh, in relation to other other countries I've played in uh, I mean that, that that is good I mean because like, I mean I've seen rugby here in Russia I mean there's some very very good players and I do think it could be a national sport for Russia it suits the Russian mentality uh, actually yes but it's not that uh, mm. it's not that popular and I don't no. understand why because it's quite old enough yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, like, I mean, why, why has rugby not? I mean, with everything that rugby has here, with the goodwill, with the you know the business behind it, and so on, because it does have like great sponsors here in Russia. I mean, DHL were here for a long time sponsoring rugby here. Like, why is rugby not in a better state than it is right now? I mean, it's a controversial question, probably, but it's a very long story. <coughs> Actually. Uh, rugby was very strong back in Soviet Union, and uh, we've beaten France, the first team. Uh, we never played in five nations then, mm. but it was a European Championship where we uh, played against Romania, France, uh, uh, Czechoslovakia, these teams. But Romania were, were quite uh, competitive, good team, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And France, uh, so uh, I believe uh, twice maybe we beat in France. The good team, yeah. So and uh, uh, we were uh, better than Italy. So the Italy were like constant uh, supply of the points then. And uh, when it uh, came to uh, five nations transfer to six nations, the Soviet Union were the first who pre- uh, were the to, to take place instead of Italy. But unfortunately, after Soviet Union collapsed, and uh, maybe one year before, uh, we never had, you know, we never had a rugby league. And um, uh, rugby league was 
brought to Soviet Union and uh, it was a dramatic coincidence because uh, it was the bad time then the players uh, were struggling for uh, getting money and uh, uh, Ligas brought lots of money and maybe half of a championship just left for the rugby league. Well, uh, I mean, you know, just uh, just to, to clarify this for listeners, rugby league is a different type. Of, it was always a professional game of rugby, and it's like less. There's 13 players. Yeah, it's in a rugby never team been. Uh, 15, it's so always been professional. professional and, uh, yeah, it's a different. It's a different style of rugby as well. I mean, so, yeah, they're, they're both very uh, entertaining, but uh, they're different. And uh, here in Russia, there's a problem because we uh, many players are blaming. Ligas for this uh, draining uh, the championship, and uh, uh, I believe the last uh, successful performance uh, of the um, it, it was not uh, Soviet Union already. It's been like uh, SNG, yeah. It's been in 1992 when the national team beat uh, Barbarians. You remember? You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I witnessed this game. It was in uh, Cherkizova. Uh-huh. So maybe it was the last successful performance, and then it started to decline. But would that not be a case as well? Um, that like with that sort of SN like the the C well SNG or CIS team, that there was a very very steady supply of Georgian players. And like I mean, Georgia now are not at only the level. Georgian. Yeah. It was the Soviet Union. There was very strong Ukrainian oh. uh, teams. Uh, uh, Georgia always were strong. Uh, also, uh, Siberian team. There was a quite pretty team from Kazakhstan, Skalmata. Yeah, they were very good competitors. So the uh, Soviet Union championship was way better than the Russian now. It was uh, only in Moscow. There were maybe also Fili, Slava. Vava, Lokomotiv, four teams only in Moscow. And the rest very strong, yeah. yeah. Two, uh, one from Krasnoyarsk, uh, from Georgia, from Ukraine. So that's why Soviet Union were, were interested. Now, now, uh, it's getting better again, but in uh, some other way. Because uh, uh, after uh, last World Cups were shown on TV, the rugby became very popular between the people who never played before. Well, I've, and, uh, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, there in the yeah, yeah. So like ma- many teams, teams up, yeah. emerged in the places where they've never been before, like uh, I know Kaluga, Voronezh, all, all, the, all these places. Yeah, and uh, Belgorod, yeah. this uh, amateur championship is very strong now. And uh, after last uh, elections and uh, changing, uh, so uh, the financial situation is quite promising. I mean, does, I'm just going to go to Gavin with that. I mean, Gavin, I mean. I mean, you're, you know, you're from Scotland, so I mean, you know, Scottish rugby was always, you know, the Irish team could never beat Scotland, and now, with very rare exceptions, can't but beat Scotland. What's happened in Scottish rugby, for example? I mean, wh- why has that gone so far back? Well, you're asking why Scotland's, Scottish rugby has gone so far back. Let's put this into context, Alan. Remember that we were within a whisker of beating the All Blacks just uh, three months ago. You know, True. So, uh, A lot of people are pointing to our performance against Wales uh, as if that was some kind of a yardstick. But uh, I think maybe that, that's uh, slightly one-sided. However, um, if we go a few years back, I think that with the introduction of professionalism, Ireland had a great advantage, a natural advantage, over both Scotland and Wales. And Wales. Because um, there were actually four traditional Irish provinces, which naturally became the, the four professional teams. And the provincial teams had always had a following, even in the, the amateur era. 
Uh, whereas in Scotland, there had been a district system in Scotland, but uh, the district rugby was never really closely followed. It didn't have a big fan following. Uh, and in Wales, they had the same problem. Their, their, their club rugby was very, very strong, but it was difficult to slot the old club rugby sy system into, into a, a, a sort of regional system. I mean, we'll break that down. It's like, for example, that uh, like if you put all the Moscow clubs into just like Moscow and Moscow Oblast, uh, a representative team, they would be, you know, very, very strong. But then you'd have different regions that might yeah. be stronger and worse. And I mean, it's very, you know, in, in Ireland, of course. Well, I mean, a lot of Ireland provinces didn't have great followers. They would at times, but not that great. But as soon as they went professional, suddenly it, it you know, say Munster rugby in the south of Ireland became like a religion, you know, and it still is to a fair degree. Well, that's true. I would say that Munster were the one. That, Munster did have a fair following in the old days, but of course they they used to get more uh, more spectators for the Limerick Derby uh, than they did for Munster games. So to a certain exactly, extent, you're right, Alan. Yeah, that is yeah. true. And certainly, Leinster never used to have the huge following which they've they've developed never. since they. But you know, in Scotland, it's taken a while to to get started, and there was uh, the the attempt to introduce. Uh, professional rugby with four clubs in Scotland originally, but financially that was not viable, so they cut it down to three with Edinburgh, Glasgow and the Border Reavers, mm -hmm. but then again that was found not to be viable, the border border went, because yeah. the Border ironically is the traditional heartland of, of rugby in Scotland, but uh, unfortunately they just didn't have the numbers of spectators so that had to go, and now it's only Glasgow and Edinburgh, so it's it's been uh, an artificial in a, attempt in a way to squeeze something that was quite regional and where the heartland was actually outside the big cities and now the two professional clubs are in the big cities but actually I think that now Scottish rugby is actually adapting little by little feeling its way into this new model Glasgow are getting really good crowds now at Scotstone they have a very enthusiastic support and we, when you see their away games in Europe they, they're bringing a lot of followers to the away games as well and Edinburgh now, who started, who was slow in picking up and took a long time to build up decent crowds, now they're beginning to get much better crowds at Murrayfield as well uh, for w when they play there. So, uh, so, sorry, of course, now they play at Myrside, I beg your pardon, they were playing at Murrayfield. Uh, but, you know, I think that little by little, Scotland is feeling its way into the new reality of professional rugby, and I think that we'll see a much better base for Scottish rugby from now on. Okay, so on that, we're going to come back into a bit of Six Nations when we come back after the break. Uh, so we are going out to a song. I think everyone, you'll know, you can't really know Even the song. Me, yeah. yeah, you'll know Bend. the song. Yeah, so, Bend one. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, you can't really banned from picking songs still. So, the question again if you're in a stadium watching the Gunners play the Hammers at home, in what city would you be? Is it A, Dublin, B, Athens, or C, London? Plus 795-1111053, or on Viber as well, and WhatsApp. So, this song, we're sticking with uh, kind of an old school theme. The next song was used for, the, it was a theme song for the FIFA 98 game, as far as I remember, and has been used over and over again in sports. You score a goal, they play it. Walk onto the pitch, they play it. Get sent off, they play it. And it never gets old. Uh, so, if I say the Wahoo song, we'll all know what it is right away. The real name is Song 2. It's by Blur, and we're going out to this, and we'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Yes, I'm Alan Moore. I'm still here with you. Hello. 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 I just I can't even say her name anymore. I Why? I don't know. I what don't happened? know. Ollie, what's happened to me today? I don't really know. I feel like it's happening every week. It's too. like no, hate, is exactly. the, hate is in the air. Hate is in the air. He always confuses last names. Like, you remember, like, uh, you were me or he was Ollie Knight did that to me before. Oh, no. Ollie started the that. The first time Alan came here with a Max uh, Walker. The first time we were working here and Max Walker. Yes, yeah. I, I completely switched up their surnames. And yeah, basically, the name came out Alan as a superhero name. Max yeah. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, leave it as Max Moore. That's a great name. I said, just, you can give me a license for whatever you know yeah. um so we are back of course like ollie's still here like blushing and laughing at me and uh of course we, we still, still have, have constantine our yeah guests. our two guests yes. thankfully they didn't run away <laughs> no, so constantine and gavin um okay constantine straight in yeah uh, six nations yes two rounds down are we looking at a grand slam winner take all match on march 17th it could be nice uh, <laughs> it's st patrick's day so ireland plays england and twickenham um uh, uh, England is obvious uh, favorites, maybe. Though Ireland takes the top of the table, but England will uh, look very strong. But uh, uh, this year uh, it's very good because uh, the championship is very even. Even now, when France and Italy lost two games in a row, mm, they don't look like complete losers. And uh, so uh, everything can change in next two rounds. So the uh, games is very, are very close and supposed to be. So m- it's unpredictable. So maybe yes, maybe not so. Okay, it's like everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to uh, move in with my question too because I read up on uh, rugby a little bit about Six Nations Championship even though I'm like... Um, you know, I'm I'm not really into rugby, but now I know that he's England, lived in England and doesn't. Is, well, anyway, it's a beautiful sport, but I'm just not that interested in it. I'm sorry. Uh, I know that England uh, had won the. Have you ever seen any uh, game? Of course, yeah, it's captivating. It has won the 2017 tournament. Am I right, England? England have. won the England won the yes. championship last and year. They have 28 titles in total, don't they? Maybe. Yeah, well, I know that now. I'm telling you, it's a fact. And I was wondering, <laughs> who do you think is a strong enough team to actually beat England? Well, England have got a very strong team to play against in 10 days' time, namely mm-hmm. Scotland. And uh, like I said before, I know I'm a Scotland supporter, so you know, don't take everything I say of face value. But nevertheless, Scotland, I repeat, you know, last year we nearly beat the All Blacks, New Zealand, and we twice beat Australia. The second game, we beat them very heavily. So, you know, the, the team is starting to get really good. Unfortunately, when we lost heavily to Wales in the first game of the championship, people started to, to write us off. But I think that actually our performance uh, against France uh, was a very good performance. Some people are saying, well, it was only France, and France aren't that oh. good these can't days, say that. France or France? Exactly. France or France, I think I mean. there's a lot of talent in this this French team. And by the way, I think that France could give uh, England a nasty shot when when they go to Paris. Uh, let's not forget that France are under a new coach. Uh, Jacques Brunel, who started off making a lot of changes in his first game. He's brought in some new, new players, he's brought back some players, uh, and there's a lot of talent in the squad. They're going to take time to gel, obviously, but uh, that's definitely going to be a, a difficult fixture for England. So England have two difficult games coming up. Uh, it's by no means a given that they're going to get to St. Patrick's, uh, St. Patrick's Day unbeaten. 
Ireland have a couple of banana skin fixtures coming up as well. You know, they've got Wales at home. But the strange thing about the Ireland-Wales fixture... They lose at home Exactly. And it's yes, insane. it's a very strange... Insane, historically, yeah. it's a very strange fixture. And so, you know, that's a very difficult fixture for them. Uh, Wales looks very good against Scotland, maybe not quite so good against England, but definitely very tough to beat. Uh, and then after that, uh, Ireland uh, have got Scotland as well. You know, so that's going to be that's going to be a tough one. So you know, you can't take for granted that uh, either England or Ireland are actually going to get uh, to that final game with Unbeaten. four wins under their belt. That's true. That is true. And don't forget, though England are uh, reigning champions, they lost to Ireland, so that's they're true. not the Grand Slam holders. No, actually. exactly, exactly. Or the yeah. champions, but they mm -hmm. lost their. The, the their final. last game. Last I, I mean, year, that, yeah. that, that gave Ireland, Irish such great pride that we actually stopped England win the Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely. brilliant beating England. We, it's always good. Uh, listen, we're going to we're, we're skipping on because uh, um, you know we've we've sort of looked at at sort of like Scotland's chances and things. Scotland doing well. So I mean, to, to both of you guys, throwing out to you, you know, we're looking at the Six Nations now. We discussed it two weeks ago with Andy McLean when he was in the studio. That you know, Italy they haven't really progressed. You know, when we're talking about the, the European Nations League in football, where there is this promotion relegation now. So say a team like Malta can eventually move up and play teams at their level and, and develop European rugby is not doing that because it is a closed shop so should there be promotion relegation should the six nations open up and say for example let Georgia or Russia or Romania or Germany should they go up at the top table and have a chance to, to play Ireland and Wales Scotland well, it's a good question, Alan, and I can understand that a lot of people look at Italy's results and say they haven't been that good over the years and they've had a few false starts when they look as if they're getting better, but then they've, they've fallen back again. Uh, unfortunately for Italy, really in their first decade in the Six Nations, they had a very good pack and uh, really not very good backs. And now at the moment, it looks as if they've got exciting backs and the pack is really letting them down. They're not getting that much supply of ball. Uh, so they have suffered in their first two fixtures this year and wins have been th thin on the ground in recent years as well. But, you know, I would say that the five nations and then six nations, it's a very old traditional rugby tournament. And I don't know if it's the kind of tournament that really lends itself to a situation where you have uh, promotion and relegation. I think we need to give the Italians more time. I think that the grassroots of Italian rugby have definitely been improving. Their two uh, franchises that play in Pro 14 have been getting much better results this season than ever, ever before. Their under-20 team did very well last year in the mm, under-20 World Championship yeah, yeah. in Georgia. You know, I'm afraid, Alan, they beat, they beat your Irish, right. Irish guys. They, they gave Scotland yeah. a very good game and, and they did very well against Australia as well. So, you know, they do have good young players coming through. I, I wouldn't want to see automatic relegation and promotion every year. I think maybe you could have a system where every five years the membership of the Six Nations is reviewed. And if it's obvious that there's been an outstanding team outside the Six Nations for a very long time which deserves to go up, then maybe you can look at that. But, but frankly, you know, a lot of people point to Georgia at the moment as the obvious ones to go up. And, you know, you do see some fantastic performances from Georgia, like when they took Wales very close uh, in, in the their game in the Autumn Internationals. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, were, they had an attacking scrum, uh, a scrum uh, five yards out. You know, they could have scored at the last minute and beaten Wales. But, you know, the, Georgia have had other disappointing performances when they played against top teams. They played against Scotland last uh, autumn, the uh, autumn 2016, and got, frankly, hammered in Kilmarnock. Uh, and, you know, it, there's no obvious standout team at the moment. Georgia lost to Romania last season as well. So I would say, you know, there isn't an obvious success, so let's give Italy a bit more time. I think that they're going to get better under Conor O'Shea. Okay, I think Cosimo will have something to say uh, about that. But okay, yes, go ahead, Katya, you, you have a question. Jump a little bit back to Moscow, and <laughs> Kostya, have the question. You are like 
Yeah, you're the, I have to. Yeah, you're the president of Moscow Dragons. Tell us a little bit about the club finally. <laughs> so, uh, what Moscow is it? Dragons When was it founded? Uh, is uh, one of the oldest club uh, in uh, Russia. Uh, not the first amateur because the. So used to be the, the all, the, all, all the clubs. Uh, Moscow Dragons were founded uh, back in 1997 in Silvers, in a pub, like it should be, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, by the bunch <laughs> of uh, expats, Irish, Scottish, uh, French English. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sounds like a perfect um, plan. <laughs> and uh, let's drink for uh, the new club. <laughs> I, I, I've joined the club six years after that, and so I, I, I've, I've never been between the fathers founders. And uh, but the story goes uh, like it was basically a joke, maybe just to entertain each other. And uh, it's always been uh, this uh, social part was always the main uh, mainstream in uh, in uh, Moscow Dragons. So winning is nice, but um, in constitution we have a constitution. It's written that the, our main purpose is to promote. Rugby played by the IRB, uh, World Rugby yes, now, yeah. yeah, and so uh, that's why we trying to uh, attract as much uh, more, as uh, much more players as possible, and uh, to so it, so it means like yeah, yeah. anyone can just join Absolutely. up and play. Absolutely, now we How have does it work? now we have now we have two men's team. So we got the second team last season, and we very proud about this. Uh, The second team, the debut was very successful. We won the third division, and so we shifted to the second one. We upgraded our position. Yeah, uh, we have uh, former professionals, uh, newcomers, uh, the guys who played rugby long ago. So all levels, all age all groups, levels, to hold all, all levels. Standards. Yeah, it's it's very good because the Moscow Championship is very competitive, yes, but it yeah. allows it allows to uh, perform for everyone. Uh, also, we have a girls' team. Um, uh, they uh, maybe on the very start of their career, uh, so we we're proud of this of them as well. And uh, now uh, we have it's not a regular team, but uh, we have uh, lots of uh, aged guys. So we have uh, veterans. It's, oh, uh, so we're yeah, talking yeah. Gavin here, we're, 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 and, and you, like, yeah, no, that's, I understand No, that. no, no, me as well, and, uh, you know, in rugby, you're a veteran from 35. Oh. So now I have a new breed <laughs> that's, that's of like players, <laughs> very, very young, veterans who are very competitive. Young veterans. And, yeah, we're looking very, you know, with a big enthusiasm into okay, the future. Where, where, where do you do this? Like, where do you practice? Where is the club? How can people so, uh, find out details about We the have trainings. Well. We have trainings twice a week uh, on Tuesdays and Thursday uh, at eight, and uh, Saturday. In the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. She doesn't get uh, up in the mornings. Uh, on Saturdays <laughs> we, we have games. <laughs> we, on Saturday we have games, or maybe some extra training. Uh, during the year we play in Moscow Championship. It's a regular. Uh, we play the cup during winter. Uh, we go to some tournaments, to some competitions around the country and also abroad. So and you play beach rugby as well, yes? Yeah, beach rugby. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like rugby played on sand. Beach rugby, winter rugby. It's, no it's, rugby it's as not well. Our, yeah, yeah. No rugby. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's not our favorite, maybe, but it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but that's um, good. I mean, okay, we're 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 gonna wrap up shortly. So uh, we do have to. We do. You guys did tell us that you have actually prizes to give away on behalf of the Moscow Dragons and also your sponsors, like your your home uh, base. So Paddy's and Silvers, wasn't it? Paddy's, Silvers, and Katie's. Yeah. And Katie. So yeah. they've they've given what two vouchers. 
Two, 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 two thousand ruble vouchers. Okay, so we have the people who, who have messaged in. One of them is Kirill. Kirill is actually going to join us next week at uh, Lokomotiv, the Lokomotiv Needs game. And our two other, we have Dogu, and um, I'll get the other name in a moment. So we have those 2,000 ruble vouchers for food and drink to Silver's Paddy's Katie's. Correct? Yeah. Perfect. We're going to message those people. So, uh, final, final couple of questions. Um, Constantine, okay, we were discussing there about the promotion relegation. Um, what would you like to see in the future for for just because you know just just for Russian rugby in general? What would you like to see? Of course, I expect the uh, better development of the kids' sport. The kids' sport is the most essential uh, part of the development. Um, also, also uh, without a strong championship, there's no uh, uh, there's no future. For the national team, so we have to get more teams involved in the Russian Championship, and the, you know uh, there are basically maybe three or maybe four top teams, and the, so uh, there's no actual competition. Between. Yeah. So the championship has to be even. Has to spread so, out. Oh yeah, bit, yeah, so. yeah. When when we don't know the, in advance who's the winner. Yeah. So maybe franchises like they, they do. I don't know. Uh, just an idea. But okay. So to try and develop rugby, especially for the kids. Well, oh, now they're fi financial. One. Basically financial. The clubs Perfect. are always struggling yeah. due to finance. Yeah. Okay. Gavin, your Catherine has yeah, one Gavin, question for you. Yeah. This is a nasty <laughs> question, by the way. It's a tricky one, let's say, like this. Who do you see a Grand Slam winner? Uh, like, who do you want to see uh, yeah, winning? Who do, who do you want to see winning? <laughs> Ireland or England? Look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Katya, <laughs> but that's a very easy question to answer for a Scotland fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I no. cannot. <laughs> He's a Scotsman. Do you not know your history? <laughs> Braveheart, Rob Roy. Yeah, no, no, no. I did. I do know, but still. Uh, <laughs> For any listeners that are not familiar with the history between Scotland and England over the last 700 years, <laughs> I don't know. Let me, let me just tell you that I will be firmly on the side of Ireland. <laughs> See, because, uh, because this, uh, maybe you know, with Six Nations, uh, there's a story. Uh, uh, there's not the most important thing: who's the who wins in the Six Nations, but who loses. Uh, no, wow. exactly. <laughs> so sorry, Ali. We are we are looking for England to uh, not win. Not lose, it's but just okay. not win. It's okay. You'll you have to get over it. Okay, so uh, we are going in. So, Kirill, you have one of those two tickets. We're going to get in contact with you tomorrow. And Dogu, and one more. I think it's uh, ah, Alexander. He, uh, they have won the 2,000 ruble vouchers to Paddy's, Katie's, or Silver's. Um, so, Constantine and Gavin, thank you very, very much for thank joining you. us this evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, that's great to learn about rugby, especially here in Moscow and at that amateur level. Yekaterina, thank you so, so much. Ole. So happy Valentine's Day again, my dear, my partner. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we'll work next you. week, I remember. Yeah, yeah, we'll work next week. That's my, my Valentine's gift for her. Uh, Ollie, thank you very much. And you're <laughs> thank lovely. You. you will work with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. I love spending time with you too. Yeah, I know that. Ollie now is going to go as red as her shirt, I know. So. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are going to go ahead. Our final song is one that we're going to rock out with it's uh, it's 19 years old so all these songs songs almost as old as Ollie um, it was a team song for FIFA 2001 the uh, computer game and it gets a hearing in sports shows regular shows and well basically you know when you need a little bit more in your legs at the end of a run stick it on your headphones and it will it'll, it'll help you so uh, you wouldn't associate this guy with sports too much but this song certainly is associated with all sports we're playing out and saying goodbye this evening and check us out on SoundCloud Capital Sports Moscow 
And uh, have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next week because this is Moby and Body Rock. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Rock y'all, non stop y'all, to the beach y'all, the body rock y'all, the legs rock y'all, non stop y'all, to the beach y'all, the body rock y'all, the legs rock y'all, non stop y'all, to the beach y'all, the body rock y'all, the legs rock y'all.